You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Before we start, can we pray? Yes. Just pray. I just want to invite God into this. Amen. So if you want to join in online or in person, feel free to do so. So God, we do not take for granted that we can gather together. Oh God, thank you so much that we can come here as a family and online. I pray over these next few minutes for a tsunami of your Holy Spirit. Wherever anyone can hear my voice, let your Holy Spirit carry through God. Pray for words in season, clarity, confirmation, peace. Jesus, do only what you can do. We welcome you here. And the people of God said, Amen. Hallelujah. So lovely to be with you. It's really good. <laughs> Is it good to be with me? Yes. 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 Uh, so to introduce myself for, for people who may not know me, my name is Dara Bark. Um, I work full-time in sales and marketing. That's my full-time job. Um, and as Mike mentioned, I volunteer here at Grace um, with our youth ministry, Tribe. And I am the youth pastor. Um, but I've been volunteering with our teens, like a lot of teenagers who grew up in church since I was a teenager. Uh, so I'm doing it well over a decade. I don't know what you want me to do. We just keep going, will we? We just keep going. It's like a club. Praise the Lord, Jesus. Jesus moves in wonderful ways. Hallelujah. Online, we're all okay. Thank you for your prayers. Um, so I'm 29 years old. Um, my parents happen to be Tom and Denise Burke, and Tom is, happens to be the pastor, senior pastor of this church. Um, I have wonderful parents. God gave me great parents. Amen. I didn't have much of a choice. They're great parents. Um, but just a, a little story about them. My dad is big into family history. We're very proud to be Irish. We're very proud to be the Burks. And over the last year, him and my mum wanted to do the DNA tests to see where we come from. Has anyone ever done them? Hands up. No? John Rika is one of them. My dad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, you swatch it and you send it off to Ancestry.com and they tell you where your family came from. So, my dad, as I said, is, is a Burke, so I'm expecting maybe something from France. Uh, maybe some Viking, and then my mum, when she goes into the sun, she turns a lovely tan colour. So I say maybe she's Italian or something in her. When I go into the sun, I get a lovely shade of purple or a light white. Um, so the joke in our family is I'm not my mother's child. I'm completely different raised to her at times. Um, so they did these DNA tests. So my mum's one comes back first, and it's a hundred percent Irish. And a hundred percent from Munster. Amen. <laughs> so for those who don't know, Cork is a county in Munster, which is a province or region. So we're from here. And then my dad, surprise, surprise, surprise. A hundred percent Irish, a hundred percent Munster, and a hundred percent from Cork. <laughs> I like to be clapped, I don't know. So something to celebrate. What's that made me? 100% Irish pure organic beef. <laughs> 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 um, 
So the joke in my family is, I need to marry a caramel-skinned, tall, curly-haired man with legs to bring some diversity yeah. and inclusion into Dunland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heaven isn't going to be white and Irish. No. Heaven is going to be like this, say then. In this room, hallelujah. Um, so, God spoke very prophetically to me about multiple things today, but one of the things was about being single. And to share a word for single people in this room. I'm very aware and cognizant that people who tend to to speak here on stage, even our visiting speakers over the last few weeks, they tend to be married. And there's a weight and there's a responsibility and there's a joy and privilege in doing this. But I believe that God wants to speak prophetically to single people in our church because not everyone in our church is married or with someone. There's a huge part of our church and it's people who are single for many different reasons. And when I say single, I'm not just saying young and single. I'm talking about people who are maybe just out of a relationship or someone who you've been in a relationship a few years ago and maybe you're just struggling to move on. People who are separated, people who are divorced, and people who are widowed. God specifically wants to say this to the people who have just experienced this last year of being single in it. God would say this. That experience was essential. You being single in it was essential. He knows how heartbreaking it was. He knows how lonely it was. He knows how isolating it was. But you discovered Jesus in a way that you never did before. The intimacy that you had with God, your creator. The clarity of who you are in him. And he had you all to himself. You have known in your very soul that if the world turns upside down, if you have Jesus, that's all you need. It was an essential experience, painful, but growing pains into God, into who God has created you to be in this season and into the next season of your life. Because you know your identity, you know your worth, you know your value, you know your character like never before. And people have come and go, and situations have changed. But when it is the dead of night, and it's just you and Jesus, you know that's all you need. It was an essential experience. But if God has given you the desire in your heart to have someone, it says in the book of Psalms, wait and hope for and expect the Lord. God is going to give you that. He will grant you the desires of your heart. But this season of you and Jesus, you'll look back on it and say, it was painful, but it was precious. And that's what I'd say to everyone who's single. Here's me today. Amen. Hallelujah. His delays are divine is the name of my talk today, if you want to take notes. Um, I was asked by my dad and, and Pastor Mike uh, to chat uh, today, and I typically do kind of once a year. And I just want to share what God has done in my life.
because you can get preaching and teaching from Mike and Tom every week. You can get the best preachers and teachers in the world online. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for technology. But I am the only person who can tell you about the miracles and the wonders that God has done in my life. I'm the only one. And you're the same. Here's what the Bible says on it. I will praise you to all my brothers and sisters. Amen? Amen. They forgot the sisters. There's some Bible. Anyway, granted. <laughs> I will stand up before the congregation and testify of the wonderful things you have done. That's what I'm going to do today. Hallelujah. All believers, come here and listen. Let me tell you what God did for me. Brothers and sisters, you don't need a stage to do that. It's in your everyday life. It's in the conversations. It's like, how did you get through that situation? How did that happen? This and this and this happened. I don't know if you believe in God, but I believe God did that. That's how you do it. And it's so powerful because that's how people see God's hand in your life. Share what God has done, big or small. And it has such an impact and a knock-on effect. That's why God has you in that workplace. That's why God has you on that neighborhood. That's why God has you in that family. Can I get an amen? amen. amen. Well, I have a great family, but oh. anyway. <laughs> anyway, divine delays. Hallelujah. Um, I love music. I'm a big music fan. And Pastor Mike will tell you, and maybe some of the older people in the church who've been here since day one, I used to play guitar. And there's pictures of me being like two or three with the guitar backwards and me trying to sing. I loved music growing up. I used to play on the worship team. And if I had my way, that's all I'd do. I'd be at the back playing the guitar. And when life kicked in as an adult, like a lot of things, you drop certain hobbies or things of that nature. Um, and from a church point of view, I chose to do tribe. I chose to do our youth work um, because no one was willing to do it. I just encourage people here in the room, if God has spoken about you to do something, particularly in ministry or in this church, a lot of people want this stage and, and they meant for it. There's such a, a grace and a gifting to people who can do it. But this is not the goal. This is not what you aim for. It's whatever God has put on your heart. Whatever breaks God's heart, does it break yours? That's what you need to do. And people want the stage, but there's a weight and a responsibility with it that a lot of people don't want when they get it. Um, but I chose to do tribe anyway, and I fell out with music. I stopped doing it. But like a lot of people over the last year, I picked it up again. And I started writing songs, and I know Adele or Beyonce or Celine Dion or Rihanna, I can't sing, even though I think they can. Do you ever hear those people, they be singing and they just sound awful? No? That's me. Okay. Um, but I was writing songs. But the songs that I was writing, they were all about Jesus. That's what naturally was coming out. And this was in the middle of isolation and lockdowns and all that. I was living on my own. And I was writing this song in particular, and I'm not sharing it, and I won't be singing it. Praise you, the Lord, you won't have to hear it. But when I was writing it, God gave me visions of people in the church. And I believe it's prophetic. He was showing me people who were struggling to conceive and have children. He was showing me people who were struggling with chronic medical issues and needed life-saving um, doctors and resources. He was showing me people whose families were torn apart. And the title of today's sermon, His Delays Are Divine, it's all wrapped in, in really this, 
these lyrics that came out of me, that came out of me, came out of Jesus, that were prophetic. And I want to share them with you because I believe for some people, there's even stuff that you've been praying about today, and God wants to say this to you. These are the lyrics. His delays are divine. God never wastes my time. All my years of tears, hallelujah, will become answered prayers. I know that there's people in this room and you're praying as long as I've been alive for certain situations, for certain miracles. And God wants to remind you, I'm still not done. He's still working it. It's still late. But your years of tears, God collects every tear, doesn't he? Because every tear will become answered prayers. I'm hoping that your spirit is being stirred, that there's something in your God. God is not done in that situation yet. And God's delays are not his denials. If God has a promise over your life and you know it in your soul, even if it's been decades, God hasn't said no. He's still working it out. There's still miracles. There's one little girl from the service, Grace, and she running around mad. Her parents were told they'd never have kids. She's a miracle running around the church, playing the, the keyboard. She's mad. She's Grace. But if God has said it, it's going to happen. Amen. Do you believe it? Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Who remembers um, the New Year's Eve celebrations here in church? Anyone remember yes. them? When we could actually party and have a celebration. Do you remember those times? They were great. But here in church, forgive me now, people on Facebook and Instagram, but there used to be a rope right up the top here at church. Right up the top. And it would go all along. And there would be baskets of ribbons. And what we would do is people would come up, families or individuals, and you would tie a ribbon onto the rope and it would resemble your prayer request to God for the coming year. And for me, for five years, I was coming up and one of my prayer requests was the same. I know there's people in here and, and you've done the same. It's every year and you're going and you're bringing the same request to God. And it can be so disappointing. You're saying, God, is there any movement in this? And my prayer was for a home, that I'd be able to buy a home. And I just want to be very sensitive and very aware that our country is in a housing crisis, that there's people who are unemployed, that it's so difficult to rent, let alone buy somewhere. Um, and I'm not boasting in me. I'm boasting on what God has done and the miracle that he had done in my life. And I want to share that with you and I hope it encourages you. But I would come up here every year for five years tying this ribbon, <laughs> the same ribbon. And there's so many miracles that God did in my life in those five years. And I'd be here all day if I had to share them and they'd want, I'd love to. But in Christmas 2019, praise God, I was able to put down a deposit on a little apartment, one bedroom apartment, out of my cove here, and I was delighted. So that was Christmas 2019. And then what happened? 2020, our favorite year ever, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Amen. 2020, the year of our Lord, we think. And, oh, 2020 was a hot mess. But in 2020, I was in a car accident, 
I should be dead, but God said no, you are to be alive. There's people in this room you know that you should be dead, but God is saying no, I'm still using you. Oh, I still have stuff to work out. Your life is not like, come on, amen. amen. Your life is not a waste. I had a prophetic word in the first service and I'm just going to share it again. I believe that God would say, there's someone here, or it's online or somewhere in the building, and in relation to you knowing that you should not be alive, it comes from when your mother was pregnant. And that you openly know that your life is not wanted. Can I tell you, God knew exactly that your life was wanted. He created your life. He knitted you in your mother's womb. But for you, you've been carrying the spirit or this feeling of I'm not wanted into every aspect of your life. And God wants you to know, and I don't know if you know Jesus personally, but God wants you to know you are so wanted. Your life is not a mistake. Amen. It is not an accident. He has called you to great things. And when you have Jesus in your life, you're the most wanted and loved you could ever be. Amen. 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 But 2020 happened. I was working from home. We were told we have to work from home. Uh, and... I was working for this big global company, about a thousand people. We get called into a meeting and work online with the CEO, so you know it's not good, and everyone's on the call. And we get told 500 people are going to be made redundant in the next few weeks. And I put down the deposit from my house in December. Obviously, the world turned upside down, so that was delaying stuff. And I was waiting on one document to be able to get the keys from my house. One document. I'm so upset. I'm saying to God, all these years I've worked, and my life was 40, 50 hours of work. I was living with my parents, and they were living with me. And I was commuting from Waterford to Cork. So I was three hours in a car every day, five days a week, and then Sunday, so six days a week. And my spare time was church, was youth, was serving. My holidays was literally taking teenagers to places. And I'm there and I'm saying, God, I've given you my 20s. I've given it to you. And I can't get home. And I'm so upset. I go down to my mum and dad this beautiful April day. And we're sitting in the back garden. And my dad has these fabulous hats. Hamburger yeah. style. He has these fabulous hats for gardening. I just, I just have that memory. I don't know why. <laughs> we're out in the back garden. And I'm crying. I'm very upset. And I tell them, look, work is saying that they're going to have redundancies. It looks like I'm not going to be able to get the house mortgage. Well, actually, I didn't say that. My dad said that. So I, I tell them the news, and then my dad says this. Forget that house. That's not happening. So Pastor Tom, in that moment, was praying for a miracle. He was saying, come on, let's go prayer and fasting, Dara. God is going to do amazing things. No, that was not his reaction. My dad is my dad. Hallelujah. I have one dad. Pastor Michael is my pastor. And my dad is a man of God. But he is not God. Hallelujah. Amen. In that moment, and I know his heart. I know my dad's heart. I'm saying it's my dad. In that moment, it's being logical. It's trying to protect me. It's trying to, okay, how do we manage this situation? I know my dad. And I love my dad. And he loves me. love my dad. But he is not God. And in those moments when you need a miracle, literally when the world is all over the place, April 2020, 
I nearly died there last month. I, I'm losing my job. I don't know if I'm going to get a house. Am I going to have to live with them until I'm 40? And, uh, <laughs> and my dad, forget about the house. Forget it. We joke about it now. <laughs> but what I needed at that time was people in my life to speak faith and not fear. And you can have the best people in the world around you, but when you're at the edge and you need your miracle and you're saying, God, how are you going to do this? I need people of faith around me. I need to speak that over my life. Because brothers and sisters, when God wants to do a miracle in your life, nothing and no one can stop it. Nothing and no one. Pastor of our church. And he got it wrong. It's rare he gets it wrong. My dad is always right. Will the father say amen? Amen. <laughs> Thank you. But he got it wrong. You can have the amazing people around you, but if God is doing something in your life and what they're saying isn't aligning with it, go with God. Amen. Go with God. Amen. 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 I love you. You're great. Amening me all day, this little boy. Miracles in the mundane. The mundane is the everyday. Your day-to-day life is the boring. So praise God. I had that conversation with my father and my mother. And I get a call from the bank. And they're saying, Dara, are you still working for this company? I'm on the last step to get this house. All the years, all my years of tears. And I say, yeah, I am. Because I was. And one hour later, with my mum and dad, they'll attest to it. I get an email from my sister saying, all sorted, keys are yours, collect them on Monday. Well done. Sometimes God will take you right to the edge, doesn't he? And it's really like, even in saying in our prayers, God, if it's not for me, I'll walk away from it. I was willing to walk away from the house. I was willing to walk away from the job. I was willing to live with my parents for another way and a push. I was willing to do it. And God takes us to this edge. So I get my miracle. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. I get my miracle. Y'all are with me today. I love this. Thank you. I get my miracle. And the whole point of me buying that one bedroom apartment was to be closer to work, so I wasn't three hours in a car, was to be able to hang out with some friends rather than coming home at two in the morning trying to do work and trying to meet with them and then an hour's drive home. Was to be able to have people over to the house, do Bible studies, I was very holy in my thinking, like, Bible studies, love feasts, whatever. And I'm in my house, my little apartment, in May 2020, just before I turned 28. And I'm in my miracle, and it's nothing like what I thought it was going to be. I'm in isolation, half the year, on my own, not seeing anyone for two to three weeks. The church is closed. My friends aren't even in the country. Do you know what it's like when you're in your miracle and you're so bitter and frustrated because it's not making sense? You're saying, God, I prayed years for this. Maybe that's a relationship, a job, an opportunity moving to another country, a ministry, and you're in it, and it's just not adding up. You're going, what is this? 
I was so frustrated. And from a work point of view, so I was made redundant, and I took another job to be able to get my mortgage, to be able to keep my house. And I shared this at the first service, but I believe it's prophetic again. God gave me an epiphany, epiphany and a revelation, because I'm not this mess, about the world changing. And I'm able to work on my laptop, so I can pretty much work from anywhere, and I was working at home anyway. And God gave me this clarity of applying for jobs outside of Cork. Because I get better pay, I get better benefits, better companies to have on your CV. But there was a trend of these larger companies allowing employees to work from home full time. And so I did it. I applied and God opened one door. So that prayer I pray over my life, God, make it so obvious what you want me to do. He always does it. And he did it. So I take this job. But from the get-go at the start, they said, your role won't be allowed to work from home full time. You will have to at least come to the office in Dublin two or three days a week minimum. And that was in January of this year. But I took the step of faith because I knew I could work from home. I was getting more money. But I was in a position with the house and with the apartment and in my miracle. But I was so frustrated, as I said, because nothing in the physical was adding up. And I was at a point where I was so frustrated that I was willing to leave everything in Cork and to move to Dublin. The only caveat, the only thing that would catch me, and I were talking to my mum about this at length, was tribe, was our youth. And me saying that's not the way to leave it. It's so important how you leave things, brothers and sisters. It's so important how you finish, especially if you're in a position of leadership. The impact that you have is, affects loads of people, whether you realize it or not. That was the only thing. And over this summer, I prayed, and I said to God again, God, if you want me to move to Dublin, make it so obvious, and if you want me to stay in Cork, make it so obvious. And I prayed it, and I laid it before the Lord. And at the start of this month, I get an email from work eight months later, saying, you can work from home full-time forever. Amen. I wasn't able to see spiritually what God needed to do. I could only see things in the physical. I could only see, I'm in this apartment, none of my friends are here, my work isn't here, church is closed, my family isn't here, this makes no sense. But spiritually, I wasn't paying attention to what God needed to do. I wasn't taking that into account. And brothers and sisters, we can be in our miracle and we're not seeing it with fresh eyes. I was thinking of the way the world was before. I was thinking, oh, I can commute to work. That isn't the way of the world for me anymore. I can work from home. And I was so frustrated with God and it's only literally over this weekend and preparing for this and praying over it that I can see that God was trying to give me a new life. My life wasn't to be stuck in a car commuting anymore. My life was you can have free time and play a guitar and write songs about Jesus, hallelujah, for myself. That I can actually serve properly in my church. That I don't have to give that up because that's what it was looking like. That I can say I'm willing to commit and stay. 
And can I encourage the people who are Christians a longer time and you're walking with the Lord? It can be so hard to stay faithful. It can be so hard to stay faithful, particularly in serving Him. It's so much easier to walk away to something that's new or to something that seems easier. But God hasn't called us to that. God has called us to be faithful. And until God says, leave, you stay. But God is so good. Amen. Amen. He's so good. Brothers and sisters, we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. Are you in your miracle? Are you in a situation physically and it's not making sense? You're saying this makes no sense to where my life is at right now. Maybe you need to see things from a spiritual aspect. That God needs to open your eyes in a new and a fresh way. Amen. Can I invite the, the worship team up? Can I ask everyone to stand, if you don't mind? There's two prayers that I want to pray, very straightforward and simple. One is that, and we all have it, right? There's something in your life that you know God has spoken about, whether it's you or for someone else. And it's just delayed. And you can be so disheartened or disappointed. And it's saying again, God, I'm trusting your timing. I'm trusting that the miracle is still working out. I'm trusting that you're going to do it. And it's committing it again to God, even if it's the hundredth time. Saying, God, I'm here again. And the second prayer is for spiritual insight. In 2 Kings, Elisha is with his servant. And they're surrounded by the enemy. They're about to die. And Elisha's stance is cool and calm and to pray. And the servant's stance is to panic. And actually what happens is Elisha prays for the servant, for his eyes to be open to see the spiritual realm and what God was doing at that moment. The servant couldn't even pray for himself. It was Elisha who prayed for him. And I wonder here today, is there people, and maybe you're at your wit's end, that you're saying, I don't know if I have the strength to say, God, I need to see things in a spiritual way. But we're going to pray for you. You might be able to do it for yourself, but we're going to pray for you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to worship God, and then we're going to pray those prayers. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's worship Jesus. Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Oh, you are the maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are.
you're in person and you don't have Jesus in your life but you know that you're feeling something and you know that you don't want to do life on your own you say whoever this God is I need it if that's you again everyone's eyes closed will you just raise your hand as a sign of I need Jesus Amen Amen What I'm going to ask everyone to do is to pray along with me and repeat the words that I'm about to say. We're going to pray what we call the sinner's prayer as to invite Jesus into your life. But everyone's going to do it to support each other. So let's pray together. Jesus Christ, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that I can go and be with you in heaven. I give you my life. I do not want to be on my own anymore. I want to be with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's that simple. There's angels in heaven rejoicing today. Give a round of applause. will never be the same again. There is nothing like having Jesus. Congratulations. Welcome to the family. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Back to my first prayer. His delays are divine. You're still waiting on God to do something. If you're here, like me and like many people, and you're saying, God, I'm here again. I'm still waiting. If that's you and you want to recommit to God this topic, this issue, this situation, this person, will you raise a hand as a sign of surrender to Jesus? God, I'm still waiting on you. Amen. God, we trust you. We trust that you are faithful. We trust that you want the best for us. God has given a hope and a future. Hallelujah. Can I just say prophetically to the people here who are grandmothers and grandfathers of this congregation. Oh my days. God hasn't forgotten.
Will you raise your hand wherever you're at? Hallelujah. And what I'm going to ask everyone to do is what Elisha did. To put your hand to those people and let's pray for them. They might be able to pray for themselves, but we're going to pray for them. Hallelujah. God, in this divine moment, with your presence so tangible here, we pray for our brothers and sisters to have miraculous vision and insight into what you're doing in the spiritual. It might not make sense at the moment, but God, we pray for words in season. We pray for people around them that will speak faith over them. We pray, God, for you to do unbelievable things. Just give them a peace, God, if they're feeling anxious about their situations. Give them a clarity. Let them feel your holy presence right now. In this instant, God, we pray for the scales to drop from their eyes, that they would see what you're doing.